So here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. It would be better if you weren't so horrible at this. <laughs> Welcome to the Innovation Overground, the front porch of academic innovation, where we try to find the coolest innovations from universities around the world so that you don't have to. We want to look at uh, some of these innovations and figure out uh, if we can find a way to help push those things forward into actual things that might help people someday. Thank you for joining us. My name is Charlie Litton. I'm joined by Tyler Scher, the Hi, PhD <laughs> and science wizard. I thought I'd mix it up and bring you in first. Yeah, I wasn't expecting it. I know. I could start to wake you up, but uh, go back to sleep. Also joined by uh, Joe Rungi, our what? He's <laughs> I'm here. What? <laughs> He's a patent lawyer, law dog, doctor, law dog, entrepreneur, werewolf. How's it going, Joe? I'm doing great. How are you, Charlie? I'm good. It's your your false enthusiasm every time just throws me off. You do look a little thrown off. I am thrown. While you're thrown off, please take a moment. Rate the podcast, review it, Rating. tell your friends. Please also take a moment to look at the future technology in the program notes. Everybody gets something cool, but this week especially so. Yeah, I hope so. I hope it's especially so this time because I want to go over um, something Tyler hinted around at last episode. We're mm. talking about printing meat. Or not, not print. Well, yeah, I guess you mentioned we're talking about growing meat essentially last time. Yeah. And then you brought up something that was interesting about printing meat. Yes. And so, okay, before we print meat for eating, what about printing, you know, other tissues that maybe you could use as like an organ or something like a print a heart? Yes. Okay. Bio, bio printing organ. I need a new heart. Why can't they just print me a new one? Yeah. Well, it's complicated. <laughs> Oh, there's a lot of cell types <laughs> that need to interact there. Right, so what do we know about need organ? To be all layered what's what's and... going on with organ printing then? Yeah. So, you know, major breakthroughs recently have been done with printing organoids. So these are these are uh, largely an, what, at the moment largely research tools. Or an organoid. That's a good question. So it's a it's tiny, we're talking millimeters, um, self-organized uh, 3D tissue culture. So it's derived from stem cells, typically. And it's really cool. The scientists can create this environment that uh, appropriately stimulates the stem cells, gives them the right signals to then naturally, to unlock their, their genetics and naturally turn into, you know, uh, a complicated mix of, of neuronal cells or some, some heart cells or some kidney cells or lung cells. So one thing that's really important to remember is your heart and your kidneys are genetically identical. They're not any different genetically, right? So the things that makes your heart your heart and your kidneys your kidneys is entirely like conditional on how the cells that gave rise to those different organs were expressed. So all of yeah, your yeah. cells start out identical and then they all start talking to each other and they're self-organizing. So as you you know became a more complex embryo and a fetus and a baby, the 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 process of embryology Everything was sort of, you know, kind of all these cells talking to each other saying, all right, all right, I'm making a kidney over here. All right, all right, I'm making a brain over here. And there is this entire natural history of your development that is able to sort of signify those. And with some understanding of how that signaling process works, scientists now are sort of hacking that process mm -hmm. to create not organs, but things that are sort of organ-like. And they're hmm. able to take cells from people to induce them to become pluripotent cells and then start kind of going through that process again. 
Yeah, these are iPSCs, inducible pluripotent stem cells. So this this was a major breakthrough in and of itself, just being able to take a, a, a mature cell, like a skin cell, for example, from a person, and then feed it the signals necessary to basically uh, make it more immature so that it can then uh, become – so it, it regains the ability or the plasticity to, to differentiate back into something else, a different type of cell. Yeah, people talk about cells. They talk about fates. Once your cells differentiate, so once your cell decides that it is a skin cell or it gets the signal to become a skin cell, it stays a skin cell. You don't start spontaneously growing a heart out of your elbow because skin is skin and hearts are hearts. But when what was the ISPCs that was like 2010? Was it? You know, I don't remember for sure. Okay, so but in the last couple of decades, yeah, in, in sometime in the 2000s, there you know was enough insight into this process where you could essentially trick mature cells to go back to be stem cells again. So they could be, you know, a whole class of cells, or they could even become pluripotent cells, which means they could be any type of cell in your body. So I want to back up. You said that cells look identical. Yeah, genetically, they're Gen- genetically. Genetically, the DNA is identical. Okay. I mean, so when you look like at ninety nine point nine 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 percent, I mean, there's there's mutations that accumulate, but for the most part, <clears throat> okay. Let's so just like say they're a, identical. A liver cell and a heart cell look exactly the same. They're genetically the same. If you took the DNA out. It would be the same, okay. But the cells themselves are different. But those different differences of, are yeah. because of things that happen relative to other cells. It's because it's because of the situation. Yeah. So okay. it's like it's like if you were raised the, the version of you that was raised in your house with your family, if you were cloned as a, a baby, and there was a version of you or a twin raised in a different house with a different or family. extruded. <laughs> or extruded, sure. Extruded is probably more yeah, likely. Yeah. So you'd have a lot. You'd have similarities. Your, your DNA is the same if you're a clone, but you're gonna maybe look different. One of you might. It would be nice if that. One happened. One of you might have a one face tattoo. Would've, would've, you know. <laughs> I was gonna think it'd be nice if one of us was successful. <laughs> oh, um, oh, self-own. <laughs> oh my gosh. Boom. Nailed Charlie, it. be nice to Charlie. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, so it's so the difference between the heart and the lung and the kidney cell is is how those genes are expressed. Okay, uh, and, and and we can we can manipulate gene expression um, directly uh, or indirectly just through the environment that we put those cells in. So we've so as Joe was saying, scientists have, have discovered great ways now to if we want to grow that heart, we know. Um, we, we know that there's, there's, there's some mechanical stress that has to be induced on those cells while they're developing. There's, there's the right chemical signals or chemokines, growth factors that have to be given at the right time and the right temperature under the right pressures with the right amount of CO2 and oxygen, et cetera, et cetera. So, what it, so then what can we do then knowing this? How do we use this information then to help people who maybe need a, a new kidney or new bladder or whatever? So organoids, uh, immensely important for research. So the fact that we can create now miniature kidneys or miniature brain cells. They're more like parts of kidneys, right? Yeah, parts, sure. But so, we can we can learn more about how they function. Okay. Right. So th- th- these things are self-organizing. So you take a couple of these cells and you can create rudimentary structures or like it. So, for example, there's a, a technology at the University of California that basically is able to take nerve cells – and sort of generate primitive versions of the brain. 
And mm. so these are sort of cerebral organoids that have network components that operate a lot like brains. And, and Tyler will be able to go into a lot more detail. But the idea is, is along the lines of what we've talked about, you take ISPCs and essentially through a process of manipulation, they create um, some sort of neural structures, neural networks that are sort of primitive versions of the brain. And for research applications, these types of structures are immensely helpful because they're a lot like the brain. So we talked a, a, a bit about drug development, right? Drug development is largely done in individual cells that are selected to be relevant for whatever the particular disease is. So if you're testing something on the brain, you test them on neural cells, right? Well, these will allow for structures that more accurately simulate what you're testing the drug on, which is the brain, right? It's elements of the brain, little brain-like structures that are sort of produced by stimulating cells to produce them. Yeah, so if you want to you create new, new disease models um, and then screen possible therapeutic candidates with these models, uh, you could take, for example, cells from patients with autism. It doesn't have to be brain cells. It can be potentially skin cells from those patients. You can grow. That's a good point. You can grow brain cells out of their skin cells that essentially replicate the autism disease in a little miniature organoid and then screen drugs against it. And it's, there's scientists doing this. That's, yeah, that's the sound of my brain exploding. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Though? That I mean, is very cool. It's yeah. actually uh, Jason's dad was my um, cell biology teacher years ago. And I took an embryology. Jason, Jason Nicola, our... Our, our colleague who listens to every episode. He does. He's probably just rolling on the he's floor He's got a right huge now. Innovation Overground banner, <laughs> and he's always flagging <laughs> Number it one on fan. every Monday. I was a little uncomfortable when he got the tattoo. That was a little uncomfortable. <laughs> it was weird. No, it's just face paint. <laughs> oh, okay. He just does it a lot. <laughs> it, was just, it was just Hannah. <laughs> he gets it's it temporary. reapplied. <laughs> uh, but his dad at Creighton University, uh, Dr. Harry Nicola, was my, my cell biology teacher. And, and he's the one who really kind of hammered that home, which is like all your cells are genetically identical. So everything that's different about them is just stuff that happened to them. Huh. You know, and, and they're adaptive yeah. enough to be able to do that. And this before ISPCs were a thing. And so I think he would have like looked at those and go, yeah, because it's all there. You just have to take away all the stuff that happened to them. So. Yeah, huh, interesting. It's, yeah, it's it's taking a VHS tape, and for those of you who remember VHS tapes, and <laughs> our shrinking demographic, erasing all the footage on it, and then just re-recording whatever you want on there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, no tracking. Yeah. So that's that's a really cool application. Um, those those cells require some sort of hydrogel or scaffold in order to in order to grow in order to be cultivated. Um, so I have a technology from the University of Nebraska Medical Center from home here, from a collaborative eff effort between Dr. Bin Duan and Yulong Lee's labs for a versatile injectable hydrogel. So this would be for 3D printing or bioprinting. Um, you could bioprint this hydrogel and then seed it with uh, cells to grow up um, unique o uh, organoids. Um, you can also use use their uh, their their hydrogel for for actual therapeutic delivery. So you can actually therapeutically, therapeutically deliver these organoids as well, or drugs inside of them. So organoids um, as a therapeutic vessel, uh, as, a, as a delivery mechanism, are gonna be naturally more biocompatible. I mean, you could, you could theoretically make it out of a, a person's own cells. It's gonna be biocompatible. Well, I'm, I'm gonna back up for a second. You said that you can use these th for, for therapeutic delivery. You can, yeah. So. So you mean in, in 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 the lab setting, or do you mean like no. an actual patient? Do you mean an organoid filled with drugs? An organoid filled with drugs, or an organoid with with uh, cells that actually function appropriately. So, oh. so, and this hasn't been done in patients yet. 
So you're talking theoretically, but then you could like implant that it's been done in, in animals onto the. We're getting we're we're, we're preclinical. Yeah. So for one example is type two diabetes. So in type two diabetes, uh, your patients um, have have uh, their their beta islet cells that are under assault. Right. It's it's essentially an autoimmune disease. Um, so they're not producing uh, enough insulin. So you could create, and researchers at Harvard have created organoids uh, that uh, that have healthy um, beta cells that were taken from these were inducible pluripotent stem cells taken from a different part of the patient and uh, turned into beta cells and then delivered back into. So th- they've done this in mice. They haven't done this in people yet, but okay. the uh, proof of concept's been done in mice. And these cells then um, are are received very well by the mouse um, and and produce insulin. Wow. So yeah. effectively, then, so then, what happens then? Does it does it overtake or just sup or or supplement what the I guess the pancreas in this case? Yeah, what it does? Does it just improve? So so I so I guess if you did this in combination with therapy that that would dampen that immune response, you you could effectively cure uh, type two diabetes. Mm-hmm. So uh, the c word. Whoa. So think of it like this, right? I mean, if I grew a heart for you, which is kind of how this whole conversation started, right? right. I'd have like the heart in a tank and you wheel it in, cut your heart out, put that heart in and, and that would be it, right? right. It, it's a functioning heart. If you do it right, your body like is like, wait, what? And then the heart's back, right? Oh, something weird just happened, but wait, wait, wait. everything looks right. I, so All the tubes are connected. All right, let's go. All right, never mind. So like, False alarm. So on the other spectrum of that is you would essentially get cells that are genetically modified to produce insulin and you'd sort of like spray them on, where do they go, the pancreas? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I spray think, them on yeah. the pancreas and, and hope that they sort of take over, right? It's sort of like right. transplanting something. Those right. cells are not natural. Normally, like pancreas cells just aren't floating around like that. So right. this is somewhere in between where you'd have maybe a little portion of the pancreas that you could replace. It wouldn't necessarily be like invasive yeah, yeah. and grow because at this point you've differentiated those cells. Like undifferentiated single cells are like, what's going on? Right? Like that is just really unnatural. Whereas like an organoid is more like a little corner of a pancreas. It's like, so, yeah, it's like a puzzle piece, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a good yeah. way to put it, right? It's okay. a puzzle piece. And, and would that be fits. enough then to, to, to sustain a person with you'd maybe need, production? You'd maybe need repeated puzzle pieces put in every right. once in a while. I don't okay. know for sure. Yeah. What an amazing well, – that's, that's cool. But yeah. like it, it shows the spectrum of like yeah. regenerative biology, right? Yeah, yeah. Personalized medicine, regenerative <sighs> you medicine, You can crisp biology. up some cells and hope for the best. You can – Make an organoid and replace a you know dysfunctional place, or or you can you know grow an entire custom organ, and we're sort of on you know, it's it's the, but I mean like think of like the 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 discussion we had about grown meat right it goes from like being three thousand dollars a patty is that how we're doing three hundred thousand three hundred thousand dollars a patty it's infinite money to gosh that's kind of pricey right yeah and like similarly like to go from hey we can genetically modify cells and insert them in people that's a big deal. Right. Well, now we can genetically modify cells and induce them into these sort of organ-like structures and then put them in, right? So, like, we're gradually getting to, hey, let's go ahead and just grow a heart. That's awesome. How far away before something like this is being used on a real way? I think fairly soon. I mean, there's been really promising preclinical. I think there's going to be clinical studies on using organoids to treat things like type 2 diabetes probably fairly soon. Um, In terms of growing whole organs, Still, still years off. It's yeah. possible within our kids' lifetime that they could literally go in, 
you know, possibly, and and have have a liver or, or some sort of replacement organ, a kidney, male and cheeks made made for them. Yeah, <laughs> yep. That's that's actually possible. I think within their lifetime, maybe well, not ours. That's but. what multicellularity is about. Yeah. Okay, well, I think on that note. <laughs> <laughs> no, so what does that mean for like the, the diabetes version of it? Um, you said it's almost in the, 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 the clinical version, or it's almost in clinical. There's been so promising you're like animal a, studies, but they haven't, as far as I'm aware, they haven't done anything. you say it's close, what does that mean? Like two years, five years, six well, months? Well, I, I mean, so assuming that, that they have the right uh, collaboration in place, um, and this is... This research is being done at Harvard, so they probably have the, some, some good connections. <laughs> <laughs> they might know a guy. <laughs> yeah, they, they just might. Yeah, I mean, it would still be maybe. Hey, this organoid fell off the back of a truck. <laughs> it would still be five to ten years down the road yet. Okay, uh, all right. Cool. Realistically. Well, that's great. I think on that note, I think it's time we come to ground on this one. Thank you for joining us. Um, be sure to check the program notes. Um, we're going to have some links to all those cool technologies. Uh, I want to shout out to Unimed, the Technology Transfer Office uh, for the University of Nebraska Medical Center and the University of Nebraska at Omaha. And also, UNO uh, has the owner of KVNO's studios where we record this. Thank you for your generosity. Uh, for Tyler Sharon, Joe Rungi, I'm Charlie Litton saying thank you. And join us again on Unimed's Innovation Overground. <laughs>